I'm real excited today to, to pick up a, a Christmas sermon series that we started last week, a message to go a little deeper on today. We, uh, we kicked it off last week. Does anybody remember the title? We started a brand new series. What was it? What was it? There you go. Y'all sound good. Good news of great joy. Good news of great joy. So I'm excited to drill down a little deeper and talk about really that phrase, that statement that comes out of Luke chapter 2, right? The Christmas story where the angels appear to the shepherds in the field and tell them that we come with good news that's going to bring great joy to all people, right? And so church, you got to know that every day is an opportunity for you to shine for Christ, right? But what's so cool about the Christmas season is every single year we get to worship God, but God provides us an opportunity to build a bridge for those that are hurting, broken, lost, depressed, discouraged. Because something about Christmas is special, right? It's a special time of year. And every Christmas is an opportunity for us to shine bright, to shine bright, to be equipped with the good news, and to walk in joy. If you, if you know the good news, the truth of who Jesus is, you better have some joy. Come on, somebody. Because the truth of the matter is, the world is full of bad news. They have enough bad news. They have enough negativity. We can provide them with something better, with something different. And so this Christmas, allow God to use you and to speak through you to be equipped with good news of great joy. Can anybody do that with me? Say this with me. This Christmas, my joy is my responsibility. Amen. All right, let's, let's read the Christmas story. We read it last week. And so we'll read it again this week as it's our foundational scripture. It's out of Luke 2. We're going to read verses 7 through 12. And so at verse 7 there, it says she, we're, we're talking about Mary. Think, think of this. Mary gave birth to her first child, a son, it says. She wrapped him in snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger. That's a fancy word for barn. The Messiah, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. God with a body, God with a face. Laid in a barn. It says, because there was no lodging available to them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and a radiance of the Lord glory surrounded them. And they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news. Somebody say good news. That will bring great joy to all people, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Good news of great joy. Today, a Savior has been born. Can somebody clap for Jesus? Good news of great joy for the world that's full of bad news, full of negativity, full of hurting, broken sickness, disease, lying, sin. Good news, I have a solution, God says, that all who come and see and believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, all shall be 
saved. A Savior on this day has been born. If something doesn't stir the inside of your heart when you hear that message, that you can be forgiven for all the things that you've done, all the evil things that you've said, you can be forgiven, redeemed, bought back, and brought back into the full presence of God because a Savior has been born. A Savior that doesn't disqualify based upon race, religion, sex, creed, but says, all I need is your faith. If you can believe that I am, that I am, that I am, then we can be in relationship. And I can catapult you into a new spiritual life. I can catapult you into some new areas of your life as he begins to pluck away the dead fruit and crop away those dead branches in your life and begin to speak life to you as we begin to bear fruit. Church, this Christmas, I hope you're bearing some fruit for those people around you in your life that they can begin to see the fruit and begin to pluck the fruit from you, the fruit that God gave you so that you can shine bright for God. Good news, oh great joy, a Savior has been born. Let's look at that first point. So last week, if you missed that message, I got good news for you. You can catch up, watch it real easy on our social media pages or on our church, church app. For time's sake, we're not going to dive too deep. But we talked about a Savior being born. That's good news. And we talked about Jesus, the things that he saves us from. Does anybody remember the three S's? He saves us from our from self. account. don't got to be in any particular order. Sin, Satan, and self. There we go. And so we talked about Jesus being the Savior. All right, so look at, this, look at this first point for today. So the gospel is good news. If you didn't know, gospel literally means good news. But it's good news because Jesus is the Messiah. Say that with me, the Messiah. He is the anointed one sent by God to redeem the world. So a lot of times in church, when we hear that word, when we hear that word Messiah or that term Messiah, I feel like we generally automatically default to that meaning Savior. Is that just me? And that's part of what Messiah means. It means Savior. But if you really study it out, I'm going to give you something. Maybe you didn't know this. This is for free. You can write it down. Messiah means the anointed one. Did you know that? Now, that, that brings a whole new perspective. That paints a whole new picture on the lordship of Jesus, does it not? So he, he is Savior. He saves us from our sin, Satan, and self. But Jesus, the Messiah, is the anointed Savior. Now get that. He, he is anointed to redeem. He's anointed to save. What does anointed mean? It, it means to be, to be set in. It, it means to be, to be called out. It means to be special, to be different. It, it means to be, to be called up to perform. Somebody say perform. What that position of authority is called to do. Jesus was set in, called, sent to the world to save, to redeem, to set the captives free. He said, I am, the, I am the truth and I am the life. He was sent. He was anointed as the King of kings, the Lord of lords, sent by God, God with the body, God with a face. Before you... When you pray to God, you 
probably back in, in, in biblical times, in the Old, Old Testament times, I wonder what they, what they thought or imagined, that the vastness of God. But, but now when you pray to God, you can, you can have a face. Jesus came to build that bridge to connect God's creation, God's people, to the heart of the Father. Right? That's what he was anointed to do. So last week we talked about Jesus being the Savior. This week we're going to talk about Jesus being anointed. Come on, somebody. So look at that next point. So it says Jesus is the anointed one and he is anointed to dot, dot, dot. And I just want to stop there and just get your, your mind thinking and get you to think about God and, and think about Jesus and all the things that he's anointed to do. Jesus is anointed to, to do millions of things, right? Man, to, to speak truth, to, to, to illuminate a different perspective, give God's perspective on your life and the problem and the situation. He, he's anointed to save. He's anointed to, to redeem. He's anointed to heal. He's anointed to preach and teach. He's anointed to... Deliver, I love that, thank you. He's anointed to deliver. He's anointed to love. He's anointed to bring peace. All right, think of all the things he's anointed to do, but I want to give you a scripture today. There's six specific things that Jesus actually said he's anointed to do. So that's what I'm excited to give you today as we dive deeper. So look, look at that passage of scripture today, Luke 4. We're going to give you a verses 16 through 21 today. So we find, we find Jesus getting ready to, to preach and teach in the synagogue there. And look at verse 16. It says, so he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. As he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written that said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed, what does it say? Anointed. There's that word that we're studying out today. If you're watching us online, put that in the chat for us today. Type that for us, anointed. He says, for me has been anointed for me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him, and he began to say to them, Today, y'all said it with me, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Man, can you imagine being there? Jesus gets up, he reads that passage of scripture, he closes the book. It probably gets real, real still and quiet. And like, what is he about to say? Talk about a ministry. Talk about the Son of God. He proclaims that today this scripture has been fulfilled. Can you trust that Jesus is? Yes, you can. Because Jesus is not a liar. When Jesus said, I'm anointed, I came to heal the brokenhearted, to preach the gospel to the poor, to what else did it say? To set the captives free, to bring freedom and liberty, to restore sight to the blind. You can believe and trust 
that that's what he came to do. And if you read your Gospels, if you read your Bible, you'll see that he did not lie. and He did all of those things. He is anointed. Look at that first one. So what we're going to do is we're going to sort of look at those six specific things that Jesus said for today. Those six specific things that he said he's anointed to do. So Jesus is anointed to preach and proclaim good news to the poor. Man, I love Pastor Keith, and I, I love listening to some other pastors, Greg Rochelle and Stephen Furtick sometimes. And they're great preachers, and, uh, you know, they're great, and they're awesome. But you know what? None of them can stand and compare to the preaching and teaching of Jesus Christ. Right? Did you ever think that Jesus was anointed to preach? Come on, somebody. He used parables and, and creation and man and pastors all over the face of the planet have been trying to do what Jesus did since he came and left. And, and just think Jesus was anointed to preach and teach, to proclaim the good news, but to who? To the poor. In society, what? We have, we have the rich, the famous, the celebrities, the elected officials, and then we have the poor. What I love about God is he loves everyone. And God, Jesus Christ, you want to talk about a God that's for the underdog. We live in a world that loves the underdog story, don't we? Probably all of us, most of us, are or were or currently are Maybe an underdog. And the good news is, Jesus Christ is anointed, not just to save you, but to help you. And to bless you. And, and, and to, to pick you up. His long stretched arm, if, if you're down in a gutter today, he, he extends his hand. The son of God, the arm of God, the hand of God that says, I'm for you. All it takes is faith. Just grab my hand and I'll pull you out. I'll pull you out. Just give me your faith. It's all it takes, and I'll pull you out. He said, I'm anointed to preach the good news to the poor. If you read your Bible, everywhere that he went, he broke bread with the poor and with the sinners. The religious folks hated that. <clears throat> he multiplied the bread and the fish for those that were starving, probably didn't have clothes. He brought the blessing of God to the less than. I heard Pastor Keith say this once. It was awesome. He said, Jesus Christ is a lot like that cookie jar that when you were kids, way up on top of the refrigerator, right? And that, that glass jar, and you're too small, you can't get it. You can see it. It looks awesome. Jesus looks awesome. He's holy. But God took the cookie jar and he put it on the bottom shelf for the needy, for the hurting, for the broken. He put the good good, the good stuff, and made it available, forgiveness of sins, to everybody. And everywhere that Jesus went, he preached and he proclaimed that truth of who he was to anybody that was, would listen, specifically to those that were down and out. He's anointed and appointed to the poor. Church, so should the church. If we're supposed to do what Jesus did, and sound like Jesus, and speak like Jesus, and preach what Jesus preached, we don't forget where you came from. Don't, don't become a Pharisee. Did you forget what God did for you? 
And so I've always said this is, as long as you have clothes on, we are going to let you into this building. If you come and you're totally naked, we might have some clothes in the back room. We can't let you in totally naked. Jesus said clothe the naked. We'll give you some clothes, but if they got holes in them, if, if they don't smell the ground, I don't care. If you're coming to seek truth, we are going to open these doors to you. I don't forget what Jesus did for me. When I went into the Sunshine House in 2012, I had one bag, one bag of clothes. And thank God, Liberty Church didn't say, oh, man, you don't have a job. You don't have a bank account. You're addicted to drugs and alcohol and pornography. You better get your life right first, then come back and see us. Jesus met me in my pigsty through this church. So church, we need to be like Jesus. We need to be anointed and appointed for the poor, for the brokenhearted, to build that bridge. We need to be appointed and anointed to speak truth to the underdog, to give them hope and life, to encourage them to say, you know what? I don't just believe in Jesus. I believe Jesus can take me to the next level. You know what? He can get me out of this mess. So look at Matthew 5, part of the Beatitudes, right? One of the things that Jesus said as he's preaching and teaching, he's anointed to preach and proclaim. He said, blessed are the what? Poor in spirit, for theirs is what? The kingdom of heaven. He didn't say, the blessed are the rich and those who are already living for God. The kingdom of heaven is yours. And those of you that are living in sin and poor and don't have anything, well, you better figure it out. You know, he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He said, blessed is yours. The love of God is for everyone. And if you are poor in spirit this Christmas, maybe you're going through something tough. Maybe Christmas brings about bad memories of somebody that you're, excuse me, close to that's no longer here. I know that's tough. We can be poor in spirit, but know that God still says that you're welcome. If you're poor in spirit, God said the kingdom of heaven is yours. If you're poor in spirit, God says you're welcome. If you're poor in spirit, come to me. Don't run from me. Come to me and help me help you. Don't run to the distractions and to... We fill our life with all sorts of stuff, right? I'm just going to fill my life with the shopping or fill my life with streaming this next new series that I like or scrolling Facebook. And if you're poor in spirit, run to God this Christmas. Amen. Look at Mark 2. Look at verse 17 there. It says, on hearing this, Jesus said to them, I am not, excuse me, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Right? I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. What a statement, right? If you're healthy, do you go to the doctor? Generally not. You're supposed to go for a checkup once a year and just get just to make sure everything's good. But if you ain't if you ain't hurting and you know, going to the doctor is pretty expensive. <laughs> so a lot of us don't like to go to the doctor unless we're about dead, right? <clears throat> so, but Jesus, he, he, he's speaking a parable. He's, he's anointed to preach truth. He's an anointed preacher, and he speaks in such a way that even rednecks and good old Holly Pond can understand. Right? If you're healthy, you don't need a doctor. But the sick do. Jesus said, that's why I came. Not for you that are good. Not for even the, those that have been faithful to God. 
stay faithful, but I came for the lost sheep. Those that are hurting, those that need a physician, those, we, we need a spiritual physician that can perform open heart surgery on us to cut away the dead things and to impart life into ours. Jesus came to help those in need. Somebody say need. See, when life's going good, a lot of times you don't remember or think that you may need God. Because everything's going good. And so you might buy a little lie. We know I'm doing pretty good. I was able to make that happen pretty good. But when you are down and out and you need some help, you need some truth, you need some life, Jesus is always there. Jesus said, That is why I came. I'm anointed. To proclaim good news to the poor. Amen? So let's look at the next one. Jesus is anointed to proclaim and preach the good news to those that are poor, poor in spirit, physically poor and spiritually poor. The second thing he said was that he is anointed to heal the broken hearts. I love this. So Jesus was anointed to heal broken hearts, broken bodies, and broken lives. He's a healer. Did you know that? You know he's still healing? Man, we got our very own Chuck Taylor. Are you in the house today? Where's he at? over there, got healed by Jesus Christ at our encounter. This man was walking around with a cane. He ain't had a cane since that encounter, have you? And why is that? Because of Jesus, right? Amen. Jesus is still in the healing business. Jesus is anointed to heal. He's anointed to fix anything that is broken. I said he's anointed to fix anything that is broken. Broken hearts, broken bodies, and broken lives. If we're honest, every one of us has a portion, a piece of our life that is currently broken. And you can still love Jesus. And that thing is not going to get fixed until you acknowledge that it's broken and stop trying to hide it from God and invite him in to lay his hands on that thing. And I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, with a Christmas miracle, if you invite God to put his hands on that thing, it can be healed. Think of this. Broken hearts, broken bodies, and broken lives ain't got nothing. Say it with me. Ain't got nothing on a broken curtain, the broken veil that was torn at the cross when Jesus said, amen, it is finished. Amen, he meant your healing, healing through me is yours. Your broken heart can be made whole in my name, it is yours. Your broken life, because of addiction, because of, of sin, because of lies, because of offense, because of you fill in the blank, it can be healed because of me in Jesus' name. Your broken body, and I, I feel like we need to do a better job of this church. When if my back hurts or I got aches and pains and I'm about to be 40 years old and I'm preaching to myself, man, man you wake up somebody you're like, man, why does this hurt? <laughs> <laughs> Jessica says I'm not about to be 40, but I kind of am, three years away. <laughs> anyway, 
you know, when we're having worship or when we gather at church or if you're going to small group, ask somebody to lay, somebody that you trust, that you know is in their word, somebody that you know is going to believe with you, ask them to lay hands on you and pray. And if you don't get healed, don't say God doesn't love you. Or don't say, oh, it's not my day, or oh, this isn't God's will for me to be healed. You know, you, you got to sometimes dip yourself seven times. So you ask somebody once and it didn't happen, and you're like, oh. He might ask you to do it 77 times. He wants you to keep coming and believing. Keep coming. Find somebody to lay hands. Watch some people get healed in Jesus' name. He's an anointed healer. He's anointed to fix anything that is broken. Look at Psalms 147, 3. It says, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. A broken heart, a broken life, a broken body needs the hands of God. Just like if you was to get severely injured today or tomorrow, if you drop something on your foot in the garage, you're working on something, you maybe cut yourself, you're bleeding, or maybe, God forbid, you get shot or something. What are you going to do if something like that happens? You're probably going to, if you got a husband, hey, I need you to take me. You need a car, and we need to go where? To the hospital. Why are you going to the hospital? Because you're in trouble, right? You need somebody to bind and bandage your wounds? You got offended last week. Something you're dealing with in your heart. It's, 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 it's hard. You're in, a, you're in a cold, dark place. You've, you're depressed. Why are you not running to Jesus like you would run to the hospital to fix that thing? Because he's anointed to fix that thing. This is what we do. Man, that made me mad. I need to get my mind off that thing. I'm just going to watch Netflix for the next three hours. I'm just going to check out. And you get done with that, and you feel even more empty. Or you're believing and praying for God to, to do something, and it hasn't, it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't shown up yet. Keep having faith, and you're on the, the precipice, on the verge of saying, you know what? Is this worth it? I keep running to you. I keep running to you. I keep running to you. The, the issue is still the issue. That's a little lie from the enemy that says, do you really want to keep doing this? Just to get you off track at the last hour, right when God's going to show up. And so, if you have a broken area that needs fixing, run to the fixer. Come on, somebody. He's anointed to fix. Look at Psalms 103. We'll stay in Psalms for a second. One through five. This is a worship song from, I think, the early 2000s. Bless the Lord, all my soul. <laughs> I'm not a good singer. I, I ain't sung in a while. It's been a while. I used to sing pretty frequent. <laughs> it says, and forget not, somebody say not, all his benefits. The benefits that come with worshiping the king. The benefits that come with being in relationship with God on a daily basis, right? Who forgives all your iniquities. He's, he's well and able and faithful to forgive. Who what? Heals. There's that word. Heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. That your youth is renewed like the eagles. Man, that's good news. 
that should bring great, that we need to remember and be conscious of every day. No, God, I bless the Lord all my soul because I have faith that I have all the benefits of heaven. The anointed healer, I invite you permission to put your hands on my life today, to put your hand on my family today, to put your hand on my, my job, or maybe you own your own business, on my business today. God, put your hands on my business today. Fix the broken things. Heal the broken places. Speak life. Impart life. In Jesus' name. He's anointed to heal. Amen. Look at that next one that Jesus said today. So Jesus is anointed to proclaim liberty. Liberty means freedom. It's also the name of our church, which is pretty cool. Right? To the captives and set at liberty, those who are oppressed. Jesus is anointed to set you free. Anybody been set free in any area of your life by Jesus? Lift them hands. Give them a shout if you want. I'll raise both my hands, one foot, my other foot. I'll give a little jump and a clap, clap for Jesus. <laughs> praise God, I'm not where I want to be, but praise God, I'm not where I, I was blind, but now I. And ever since that moment when I truly accepted the lordship of Jesus, Ian's life changed. The kids that I didn't even know I was going to have, their lives changed. Think about it, generations changed. You may be sitting there thinking, well, that's the same for me, Pastor Ian. Generations changed when I adorned the life of God through Jesus Christ. He set the captives free. Jesus said, I'm anointed to proclaim the good news to those that are bound, to those that are living a lie. <sighs> Try to talk about our world for a second. Does anybody watch the news? Five or ten minutes is all you need <laughs> on a daily basis. Isn't it crazy how our world is just giving people permission to just live a lie? As long as if somebody tells you the truth, to spare their feelings, the rest of us have to go along with that lie. I don't know about you, but I'm sorry. My God is not a lie. He is truth. And for me to lie and imp give more lies to you, it's actually not helping you, it's actually hurting you and making you worse. And the longer society goes on, the worse it's going to get, and the less and less people that we have that are going to stand for truth. Can somebody stand for truth with me, Liberty Church, Pastor Keith, Liberty Church, Arab Campus, and stand and speak for truth today? Can anybody? Anybody? Are y'all awake? Don't cater and bow down to evil and wickedness for the sake of somebody's feelings. Now, don't be mean and ugly about it. Don't just run up to somebody and say, did you know, blah, blah, blah. No, but if God opens that door, I'm not going along with lies. I'm not going along with evil. And I'm not going along with wickedness. And the sick thing is, somebody say sick. The sick thing is, they're indoctrinating our kids. <laughs> they wouldn't let their four-year-old pick what they want to eat. What would a four-year-old want to eat probably every day? Junk food, candy, chips. I want to eat that for lunch. No, you cannot eat that for dinner, little Susie. You need some vegetables and a meat. But, Mama, I think I'm a boy. Okay, let's pretend that you're a boy, little Susie. Does that make any sense? No, it doesn't. And as long as the church sits by in silent, it'll get worse. And is that not child abuse? Can we talk about some legislation that maybe needs to take 
place to protect these kids from, from people like that? Jesus came to set the captives free. Come on, somebody. To liberate those that are bound, lost, living in evil. Ian was lost, bound, living in evil. Guess who else was lost, bound, living in evil? Saul, who was now Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He was lost, killing Christians, fighting against the things of God. If God could change his mind, come on, somebody, he can change those people that I'm talking about's mind. But he has to invade their heart first. And that's what Jesus is anointed to do. He's anointed to speak to your heart, to speak truth and to speak life. And hey, if God has set you free, this is a little sidebar. If God set you free from something, just raise your hand, put it in the chat. If God set you free for something, hear me, stay that way. If you've experienced the favor of God, don't run back to the accuser. God's hands are like this, willing, able, waiting. The devil's hands are like this. He wants to point, condemn. And so if God set you free, stay that way. Stay radically, just as radically in love with him today as you were 10 years ago when he delivered you. And when you stay in love with him in that genuine type of way, you'll see the love of God for others in a radical way. You'll never forget what God did for you. And you'll believe that anything's possible for anybody else. Right? It's inclusive. The love of God is inclusive. Look at John 8.36. It says, therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Who the Son says free is free indeed. Say it with me. Who the Son says free? Free indeed. Free indeed. Why is Christmas good news with great joy? Because God sent a Savior who was anointed to set the captives free, to liberate those that are bound, to liberate those that are hurting and broken. 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. New King James says there is liberty. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. God's spirit brings freedom. Did you know that? That might be why during worship, you love worship, because when, when the spirit falls, there's freedom, there's liberty. There's no condemnation. There's, there's the love of God and the revelation of God and all the good things that his presence brings. Maybe you love that when you're worshiping or you love that when you're listening to somebody preach and teach. You, you feel the spirit of God. There's liberty. So if you're a believer, if you profess and confess in Jesus Christ, did you know that you have the power by the spirit to change every atmosphere that you get to inhabit Sunday through Sunday. Don't just let what God puts on you here fall off you as you walk out the doors. When you're at work, if you believe in Jesus, through the Spirit of God, God wants to, you to be a conduit to bring about more freedom for other people. And that's what's so awesome about Christmas. It's an opportunity for each and every one of us you have a circle of influence with people that you see every week. I have a circle of influence with people that I see every week. And if we could all just be a conduit of God's spirit, guess what would take over? Freedom. But I got to know the good news, and I got to live and walk in 
joy. What did we say at the beginning of this? This Christmas, my joy is my responsibility. Do you not have joy because you're celebrating Christmas the world's way? Are you too focused about the presents you got to get, the presents you haven't got, the Christmas dinner you got to make, the Christmas ingredients you don't yet have to make that dinner that you need to make? Or are you saying this Christmas is all about you, God, who you are, what you've done in my life? And if you do that, I promise you, you'll be a conduit for freedom wherever you go. Amen. Look at that last point for today. So it says, Jesus is anointed, he said this, the last thing he said, to restore the sight to the blind and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus is anointed to restore sight and proclaim God's favor. Y'all remember the story of the man that was blind and he healed him? And the Pharisees got all mad, brought him in and his parents in to affirm that he was blind. And they said, yes, he's been blind as a child. And then they try to condemn him for his freedom because of what Jesus did, restored his sight. He said, I don't know all this other junk stuff you're talking about, Jesus. All I know is I was blind, and now I see. And our spiritual lives are a lot that way. Before God saved Ian, I used to think abortion was a good thing. Yeah, those were little seeds of indoctrination that I learned in the public school system. I thought it was a good thing. Guess what? I was but now I, the Lord's favor over those babies. And even the Lord's favor over those women. And men that make that choice. So that's just one little itty bitty area that Jesus is anointed to bring freedom and liberty to. He, he's a healer and he restores spiritual sight. You're off running, chasing all these things, trying to put this fire out, start this fire. Put that fire out, start this one. And when you make Jesus number one, you see what's really, somebody say really, really important. We get so tunnel, so, so tunnel vision, so laser focused on all these little things that I'm doing. That I may even say I'm doing for God, but in reality I'm not. And then when I actually meet with Jesus, he's like, you, this needs to stop, that needs to end. I've been telling you to do this. You've been ignoring me, and it's like, and that's when your faith can come alive is when you obey to his leadership and obey his voice. And he's anointed to bring about sight and to grant real favor. If you do what God says, you have favor before you even get to step in. Did you know that? If God has a plan and a hope for you, and he said, stop letting fear stop you and begin to say, you know what? I have favor before I even get started because God said. Jesus came to proclaim truth, restore sight, and grant favor. Look at John 3.3. 3. This is what Jesus said. He said, I tell you the truth, unless you're born again, you cannot see. Say that word with me. See the kingdom of God. The truth is, you cannot begin to see the kingdom of God. The, the real scales cannot begin to fall off your eyes and the blinders cannot be removed away until you are born again. Jesus told Nicodemus this. Do you remember this? In, in the account of John somewhere, forgive me, I can't remember the address. 
He said, you must be born again to be able to see the things of God, to be able to see the kingdom of God. So what I want to do is as we close, I want, can you get the lights dimmed down? I want you to join me in prayer. And get still before the Lord and just listen to my voice. First thing I want to say is, you say, Pastor Ian, I've been born again, man. Everything you said today got me hooting and hollering on the inside and the outside. I'm in relationship with God. I'm excited about Christmas. I want you then, if you and God are good, I want you right now to begin to pray for those that are blind. Those that are lost in sin that need the sight of God. Maybe somebody, maybe God's given you a face or given you a name. You're praying about somebody specific. That's good and okay. But what I want to do is, if you're here today or watching us online, and you say, Pastor Ian, I've never done that. I, I've never prayed that prayer. I've not been born again by the Spirit of God. I've not said I want to make Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. But something you said today changed my mind. I want to make Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior for today and for this Christmas and for the rest of my life. And if you want to make that decision, I want to help you today. And I want you to know I'm excited for you. But if you want to make that decision, what I want you to do is, you do this every single day. Take it for granted. Don't even think about it. But right now, it's going to be special. And don't worry, no one's watching you. But what I want you to do is I want you just to stand up physically right now. Stand up. If you can hear the voice of God tugging at your heart, I want you to stand, not for me, but for him. If you say, why do I got to stand? Jesus Christ was crucified on a cross to set you free. The least you can do if he's dealing with your heart is to stand for him right now. So I'll give you a few moments if you want to do that here in our sanctuary. If you're watching us online, you say, I want to make that prayer too. I'll put something in the chat for us so we know you're praying that or making that decision. We're excited with you too. We'll pray here to, together in a moment. Amen. And I want to lead us all in a prayer. No one's standing in our sanctuary, but somebody could be online. So I want you all to say this loud and proud with me, okay? It's going to go like this. So Heavenly Father, God, we love you today. We believe in you today. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. I ask that you forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my past and redeem my future. Send your Holy Spirit to invade my life and lead my life. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <laughs> Praise God. Well, anybody glad you came to church today? A couple of you. We're glad you came too, okay? We love you very much. Y'all are dismissed. Y'all have a good rest of your Sunday.